This is the H. Dickey Pod. Welcome to another episode of Who's On First. I'm your host, Dwayne. And I am Jason. And we are back bringing you the baseball world as we see it. And I'm going to start off with terrible news. In the state of California, Southern California to be exact, the longest reigning drought of World Series championships belongs to the Padres. Second after that belongs to the Anaheim, Los Angeles, Angels of wherever the hell they are. Oh, it's Southern California. Yeah, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. So because your 2020 world champs, the big dogs in the yard. Now, finally, and, and damn it, I was saying it on Twitter. I don't care. We are the two-time champs because 2017 is our title. I don't, I don't give a shit about we didn't win it or whatever. That's our title. 2018, eh, we got smoked, so it really didn't matter. But 2017, that's our title. 2020, we are crowned the new champs. I have been hype all week. If you saw my celebration when that last out was recorded, I, I'm pretty sure all my neighbors were like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? So I had this conversation with my neighbor Saturday. Um, I was watching the UFC fight over at his house, and we started talking about other sports, and he was uh, talking about baseball. And then a couple other people were there, and they were saying, like, oh, this dude's a Dodger hater. He's a he's an Angel fan. And I was like, oh, my God. Sounds like a good guy. And, oh, my God, hot trash. Hot trash, how dare you? <laughs> and then he was saying – doesn't matter. Dodgers always lose anyway, and, and and blah blah blah, and all this stuff. And I was like, "Oh, you 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 wait and see. You wait and see, buddy. All right, this is about to be over in five. And then left, went to my in laws' house, watched the game, and I saw the greatest meltdown I've ever seen in my life. And it was the last thing he said to me. He was like, "Well, I'll, I'll see you later. Once they lose, we'll have a big a big ass flag out here that says Dodgers suck." And I was just like, "Yeah, you keep that in your pocket, buddy, because they're not gonna lose." So once they lost, I was like, "I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home because already this was terrible." And like every other Dodger fan, I thought, "We're the Buffalo Bills. This uh-huh. is gonna happen. We are we are the Buffalo Bills, and we're gonna screw this up because they're about to win two straight, and it's gonna be over. It's gonna be over, and it's gonna be this game for people we're gonna talk about forever." But nope. Game five, Clayton Kershaw puts puts the team on his back. Doesn't pitch his greatest game, but he he does enough. He does enough with the with not only pitching but also the amazing uh, attempt at the steal at home by Margot, which he had the wherewithal to step off uh step off the rubber and throw home perfect throw to home. And Granted, Barnes almost screwed it up because he almost missed the tag. He almost missed the tag, but he just happened to get him on his arm coming in. That, to me, was the turning point of that entire series. After that, I don't think the Dodgers are going to lose, and they didn't. Which, game six, you know, we we start. Tony Gonsolin has a rocky start, but it's only rocky in terms of the postseason. If it was a regular start, it would have been fine. But has a rocky start, gets pulled in two, and everyone starts panicking, but the Dodgers' bullpen holds up. They give, what, they throw seven scoreless innings? Seven scoreless innings of baseball. And we win a title. And just that, this has been, you know, I've known you since, what, 2015? Somewhere around there. And we've, we've been at nauseum with this whole stuff. And every year you would tease me about the Dodgers blowing it or they're never going to win and all these things. And 
before you, this is 26 years of my life. I've watched this team with no title. I've seen so many great teams. And then just seeing this this week was like, I think this is my, like everyone has a top sports moment. This is my top sports moment right now. Like watching that win (sighs) brought a tear to my eye. Cause you know people don't understand what it, what I've been through. All right, <laughs> just the sheer the jokes from people, coworkers, family. Um, <laughs> no, but everybody, uh, everybody. Um, it was hard being a Dodger fan these twenty six years of my life. All right, it was hard. All right. Well, there was some good years. Oh no, some there, bad. Years. No, there was there was a lot of bad years. We just got good this this, this last decade. All right, there was a lot of bad years. Um. And then just, you know, seeing the resurgence of the team and seeing the team as it stands today and us finally getting here, it was, to me, it was just due. It was, it was two years too late because of 2017 and the Astros, the, you know, debacle. But I'm just glad that it happened and we are now, we are crowned champs. So, of course, I'm going to ask you, what did you think of the series? Because you predicted that they were going to win. So I did say the Dodgers were going to win. Right. So Kevin Cash... <laughs> the dumbest manager in the world. All right. Yes, he was using his reports mm-hmm. and all that, which have helped them out. Right. But just like you said a few minutes ago, if that first couple two innings he had mm-hmm. was horrible, but it's postseason, right. so it's different. Blake Snell was pitching a gem, right. a gem, yeah. and you take him out. Yeah. Stupidest move. That will be his biggest blunder his whole career. I was going to ask you, would you consider Kevin Cash taking out Blake Snell? Would you consider that the worst uh, coaching move of the postseason ever? That I've seen, yes. That I've personally seen. There's probably been some other ones from some of the games that I've missed. Right. Watching the replays and all that. But that I remember, yes. That would be the top play. For me, because I was really thinking about this question as I was driving over here, I was just like, I can't think of a move that was worse. However, something that to me, and it was, and it was against the against the Dodgers, so it helped in our favor. But twenty, I think it was twenty thirteen, uh, the Dodgers played the Braves in the NLDS, and we were, uh, it was Game Four, I believe, and the Braves were down two one, and they were leading. In the uh, bottom of the eighth, we get, uh, I believe we get two people on, and then Juan Uribe hits a three-run homer. That year was the year of Craig Kimbrell being Craig Kimbrell, right? And this is like his coming out party, and he was literally the best reliever in baseball. That series is like remembered because they had Craig Craig Kimbrell warming in the bullpen. He was ready. It's just that the Braves manager at the time, he just never brought him in. And that was always, I looked at him like, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. When you have quite, at that time, the best reliever in baseball just sitting there waiting to come in. He don't bring him in, and then he gives up the homer, and you guys lose, and you guys lose the series. I was just like, that to me was, I'm like, wow, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen until the Blake Snell situation. And everyone's bashing analytics No, analytics had nothing. It had everything to do with it, but nothing to do with it. Right. Because the reports were there. This is what the reports say. At some point, you have to still be a manager and a coach. Right. Reports are what those are, reports. 
coaches feel they know when a player's mm. on and all that. This is postseason baseball. The reports should just be a guide, right? And he let it over consume him because that's how he was coaching all year. Uh, I hated watching this series because every time the Dodgers lost on social media, like the the number one trending topic was always Dave Roberts. And going into Game Four, watching Game Four. Kevin Cash, I made a bunch of, like, horrible decisions. And then I, I had tweeted, this is right before we lose, right? I had tweeted, everyone's uh, bashing Dave Roberts for his decisions, but Kevin Cash is no better. Which, to me, I was like, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to fans uh, getting on Dave or getting on any manager, in my opinion. <clears throat> in today's world, what are better options? Because this is how the game is being played. Now... You have some managers like like a like a, I would say Joe Madden. I would say uh, <laughs> are now uh, freaking who uh, Tony Larusa. Yeah, I was trying to think of his name. I was Tony like, Larusa. We'll get there in a sec. But uh, you have some managers. That I feel like they they're they're gonna put their foot down and they're gonna still go with their gut. But in today's like realm of baseball, the White Sox played Oakland that uh, in Game Five of the uh, NLDS. Or excuse me, ALDS. And uh, they ended up, their manager, he got fired after this, but he, I remember he had such a quick hook on his starter. And then this was like, he, he made that game a bullpen game. They ended up losing the game. But everyone looked at that was like, oh, those are horrible decisions. Why did he do these certain things? And I was just like, it's because the numbers dictate that this is supposed to make sense. I just hated that when these situations happen, people never put onus on the players. Because a lot of times it is the player. Like, because the number is supposed, like, they're supposed to be right. It's the same thing that I argue with people about Dave. I'm like, Dave is the manager, yes. But however, people don't understand that when it comes to baseball today, every time, especially the playoffs, every time a game plan comes down, it's not just the manager and his coaches. No, now it's the front office. They'll tell, they'll give you, hey, these are the people. It's like when they set the rosters for every uh, postseason, if it's the NODS, AL, whatever, every, every round of the postseason, they'll set the roster. They'll go by the team that they're playing. And they'll say, okay, all these pitchers that we have, these ones will be the most effective against this team. These people will be the best hitters against this team. From that point, the manager gets to choose from those players. But for people who are just like, well, how come they don't bring in this person, that, that person? It's because the front office will tell you, hey, for this game, you, you should use this person, this person. If this person comes in, use that person. It's like, a, it's like, a, like you said, it's a guide. At that point, if you deviate from that guide, it's your mistake. It's not a uh, – I feel like there's like an understanding for most teams. If we lose – Based off our analytic department, that we can take that loss as a team. Of course, you're, you're going to be the face of it. That's your job. However, we're not going to get mad at you because, hey, we all thought this was supposed to work. But if you're a manager and you say, yeah, all these numbers make sense. However, I'm going to do something different. I, you're putting your ass, like, in the fire. So when, I, so when that whole debacle with Kevin Cash is going on, the mm-hmm. first thing I thought was from the hangover, the numbers, and right. this guy, he's just like, Oh, let's take him out. And I'm right. like, what the? And so that, all right, I get the analytics part. Mm-hmm. I get it. I just, managers didn't have analytics 100 years ago. No. They didn't have it 50 years ago. They didn't even have it 30 years ago. No. 
managers manage. They had this baseball knowledge. So is now we know Kevin Cash knows his baseball. Right. But does he trust his baseball? Obviously the reports are showing no, he doesn't. Right. So would you trust him being your manager then? If he because at this point, <clears throat> I want someone who will Dave Roberts. Mm-hmm. He, they, every team has reports. Right. But Dave Roberts still has that intuition. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to do this. Right. Has it worked for him all the time? No. No. We've seen a, a couple, almost the Buffalo Bills. Right. But he's tweaked it every year. You see something different. Right. And to me, that would be my perfect example of, regardless of analytics or not, that whole trust your gut thing also doesn't work either because our manager is Dave Roberts, yeah. right? And I defend him because I feel like every move isn't his fault, but he has made some puzzling ones. Like, of course, the numbers dictate that Clayton Kershaw is still an elite pitcher. He is. However, we've seen it as Dodger fans. You get to the sixth or seventh with Clayton in these tight games, something always goes wrong. So you should know that since you've been the manager, you should probably take him out. I've seen Dave for the past uh, two years, at least, leave Clayton in way too long, and he gets shelled. And uh, and it's like, because you knew that was going to happen. Like, we all did. Yeah. You should know that. I, I don't need numbers to tell me that. Like, yeah. you should know that. The thing about the Kevin Cass decision that makes it a bad decision, yes, we can sit here and say, because I thought it was crazy, too, when he took out Snell. Because Snell was... Dominant. He was lights out. Like they weren't. You couldn't get a better pitcher. No, no they in a World Series than that. But the reason it's it's a bad decision isn't because he took him out. It's because he brought in Nick Anderson, who has been trapped this postseason. That's why it made no sense. However, it's even more puzzling because Blake Snell is their best pitcher. So if you're in an elimination game, you're gonna ride your best pitcher until the wheels fall off, basically, because you know tomorrow if we win. Who gives a crap? And see, that's what I thought. I thought he's thinking, oh, we have, we're going to win. Right. And I can use him tomorrow. tomorrow. And I right. was like, what are you doing? No, you, you, you know, you, you, you use them as much as you can. Right. Nine, eight innings, nine innings, right. whatever you can. And then you say, hey, be here tomorrow for support. Just show us support. Because that's what I felt like was going to happen if they got to game seven. That's why I feel like he gave him the quick hook. Everyone's going to the whole, like, oh, no, he saw the numbers and Blake Snell. I think he saw the numbers, but I had a feeling that the numbers, he was thinking, ooh, tomorrow's numbers. Right. Because he was thinking, I feel like because Blake Snell is young, he's like, he can probably pull off a bum garner if I really need him. He can come in and get these boys. Because bum garner did it. You know what I'm saying? So... Uh, to me, the situation just, he thought way too far into the future with that, and it burned. However, his main thing, his main uh, error isn't taking out Blake Snell. His error is that he brought in Nick Anderson, <laughs> which, thank you, Kevin Cash, because that was literally the spark that, that caused you to lose and us to win, but I don't know why you brought in Nick Anderson. I, I, I'll never understand that one. There's a few <laughs> of the relievers on the Rays team's that I was like, why are you keep bringing him in? They, he's getting rocked. Fairbanks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I was like, every time he came in, I was like, oh, game's over now. But that's the thing. Uh, everyone gave the edge to the Rays bullpen. And I was just like, see, clearly they haven't watched Dodger baseball. Because I'm like, if they just throw a fastball, that's not a good thing against us. Because we'll hit that all day. I'm like, if they have spin, problem, right? My my <laughs> The weirdness of, of that game is... They had the day off Monday. Tuesday was game six. 
he brought in Nick Anderson. The score is only one nothing, right? However, in the two uh, prior games, he brought in Diego Castillo, who's his closer. He brought him in early as hell. Yeah. So in my mind, when they said a pitching change, I was like, it's going to be Castillo. Yeah. When they brought in Anderson, I was like, what? Because uh, now I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, now, now you're going to save Castillo for the ninth? You haven't saved him for the ninth? Yeah. All series. Like, because in playoff baseball, it's not about the uh, the inning anymore. It's about the situation. They call it they call them high leverage situation, which basically yeah. means if the game's on the line in the seventh, I'm going to bring my best pitcher in the seventh. We'll worry about the ninth. Like, but if the game's on the line right here, I'm not about to bring in someone who's this quote-unquote seventh inning guy. If he loses, then we won't be able to get the score back or get get the lead back. And, you know, so he just missed – I don't – his whole team, I feel like, just mismanaged that whole game. I really I really felt they thought that they were going to – Snell was going to dominate, which he was. But I felt like – I think they thought that they were going to get out to a bigger lead, and they didn't. Yeah. And that's what screwed everything up. So – but thank you to Kevin Cash, because we have a title uh, behind it. So, now I have a question about this title. Mm-hmm. So, when you win the it's title... It's legitimate. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I so don't want to hear it. You win the title, you celebrate with your team. Right. One teammate was absent from that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's back on the field. Now, we're hearing the story of how he was told to be in the doctor's office. So obviously, we're talking about Justin Turner right. and his COVID-19... Uh, right. Positive test and all that. Right. Um, he was told to be in the doctor's office, and what I heard was he was like, nope, and just walked right past them all, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that, A, that's irresponsible of him, and do you feel that there needs to be a punishment for this? Uh, okay, so, yes, it was irresponsible on his part. Do I get? Do I understand his feelings? Yes, because if you're if you're JT, who's been the heart and soul of that team, you are you are one of the team captains, if not the team captain well, at this point. I wouldn't even care who anybody on that team. You win the World Series. This is right. This is your job. This is where this is your peak. Right. I, I anybody would be up there. Exactly. So I understand his feelings. Irresponsible. Yes. Uh, the, your second part of the question. Was punishment. Punishment. Yes. Uh, I feel like he's going to get suspended, not the Dodgers. Of course. The reason why I say this is because breaking down what happened, apparently, you know, <laughs> the Dodgers did their due diligence by saying, hey, you got to stay back here. When he said, nope. And then at that point, MLB's security came and said, hey, you got to stay back here. You can't go out in the field. And he said, nope. <laughs> and he walked past them. At that point, you're pretty much, if you're Justin Turner, you know, I'm going to get in trouble, but I don't care. My only thing is, do I think a hefty suspension is coming? Yes. Do I think... No, scratch that. He won't get suspended. See, that? I'm thinking he's getting suspended. No, because all hell will break loose if he gets suspended, but the Astros cheated and they got no suspensions. The precedents don't make sense for this. So I feel like he's going to get fined a crap load. That's what's going to well, happen. Well, you also got to remember one was cheating, one was a pandemic thing. But, so that's that's the one thing. So I think I think he's going to get suspended. I think he's a free agent. I feel like he is this next this next contract is his last contract. If not, unless the one year deal, then I see him maybe one or two more years. Right. Will this keep teams from trying to sign him or even re-signing him? Um, it will. But also, I feel like 
the Dodgers are going to resign him because uh, uh, Justin Turner at this point, he is he's too much of a fan favorite and he's a legacy act, especially if all the reports that we're hearing that universal DH rule is going to stay because apparently everyone likes it. Uh, so, I mean, I haven't heard too many complaints about it, so I feel like that's going to stay around. So if that ends up being implemented full blown, he's going to like they're going to resign him because he can just do that. Right. Um, for for the off chance for the Dodgers say, you know what, thank you for your services, but we're not going to. Right. Then it is going to hinder team signing him. But that's why I feel like if he gets suspended, he's going to have to he's going to appeal it. And I feel like if he appeals it, he's going to win just for the simple fact of, like I said, if you're Rob Manfred, you already have now everyone who is a Dodger fan or fans of West Coast baseball. I feel like you have something against the Dodgers because you, you didn't vacate the Astros title. You didn't suspend any, any of the Astros. You gave Joe Kelly a crazy suspension for not even hitting anybody. You really want to go walk that line of suspending Justin Turner for... 20 30 games like do you really want to walk that line or like i said i feel like the fine he's gonna get will probably be like 250 to like half a million dollars like it's gonna be something like super hefty but i i just don't see that you can suspend him because a it didn't happen on the field the game was already over if it was something where you know they told him no, uh, you can't play, and he was like, "Nah, screw that! I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this game or whatever." Oh yeah, he's in trouble. Like he's gonna get suspended. But it was after the game, I believe, from what I saw, because I was watching the Dodgers channel. I wasn't watching Fox. Um, uh, after they won, from the Dodgers channel, everyone had took their pictures, and then once everyone took their pictures and kind of like. Like, the team kind of dispersed. Like, they went their, like, own ways to start to celebrate with their families and stuff. That's when JT came out on the field. So, if it gets to that point, I feel like that's going to be argued. Like, I waited, you know, until everyone was done doing their thing and I came out there. For, for, for whoever was still out there who wanted to interact with me, that's on them. Well, they had that team photo with him out on it. Right. So, the only thing that I can say that I think would save him mm-hmm. in this is using the defense. Well, I thought we were in a bubble. How did this get in? Is this negligence from letting fans in? You figure we had, there was 55 days that they had no No. test. And then all of a sudden, game six, World Series, we let fans in during the uh, the Atlanta series. Mm -hmm. I don't think they let anyone in before that. I think it was the Atlanta series. Yes, that was the first. So... Is that's on the MLB, right. the Dodgers and the and the, uh, and the the Tampa Ray Tampa Bay. They, they, have, they, have they didn't have anything to do with the protocols, right? So that would be his only argument to get out of this. It's like, hey, your bubble didn't work, and that's why I, I love all the the very petty uh, Dodger haters or like non Dodger fans who are trying to throw everything on the Dodgers. And I'm like, you keep missing the point that MLB tests the players. Why would they let someone with an inconclusive test go play? That's Major League Baseball. That's not the Dodgers. Yeah. Like, because you know, if it was, if if the teams were responsible for their own testing, right? You know, they'd be like this. Get over here. All right, you go back to your little corner. This is you're the testing boy. Right. They'll hire someone just to exactly. take all these tests. Like so, no one baseball they continuously keep trying to like 
put Justin Turner out there as like, oh, he did this and he did that. But the facts remain, you let a player play when his COVID test came back inconclusive. Which, and which made no sense because we've seen the NBA, uh, we've seen the NFL, they all have rapid testing, which means they get tested right there and get the results right there. It makes no sense because from what all the reports have come out about this, Justin Turner, that initial test that came back inconclusive was from the day before. Yeah. Like, that was from Monday. It came back literally in the second inning of game six. That doesn't make any sense. So then when they see, like, oh, hey, this is inconclusive. We have to test him again. They test him again, and then those results don't come back until the seventh inning of game six. And then it's, oh, it's positive. At that point, fam, it's too late. He's played the whole game, pretty much. He's been around everybody. Like, yeah, it's, what are you going to do? Everyone, and that's the one thing that I didn't understand after that was every player went home. And I'm like, no, no. no you're yeah, healthy. Like, yes, I understand you don't want to be there, right? But be responsible. And it's not necessarily. We know they all have private jets, and we know they're in their bubble with people that they were in that bubble with there. Right. However, fans that showed up to the airports on both sides, fans that stopped them when they're driving out. Right. Those people, because of course the Dodgers are the, or the Rays players, I didn't. I'm only saying because we're in the West Coast and I saw the video. Right. Of course they're going to acknowledge your fans. You're going to. You're not going to be a jerk and be like, "Sorry, I stay back." No, right, right. this is the reason why a lot of these players are out there for the right. fans. So, I just was like, "Hold up, what? <laughs> what is going on? You're you've made these protocols, and you the last game you just sort of just going to be like, okay." How do how are these players going to now feel going into spring training? Because obviously we're still going to be during going through this. Right, and the biggest thing is to me, this is my theory on what happened. They got that test in the second. It was thrown to Manfred and his team, and they said, "Okay, go test them again because it, you know it could be a false positive." They tested him again. It was like, no, it's positive. At that point, they knew. Manfred said, take him out, let him play. Because he knew it was already too late. And also, there was no way he was going to let this World Series be halted for 14 days. There was no way. Of course. There was no way. How much money they would lose? There was no way. Like So he said, look, he was pretty much banking the Dodgers got to win. They have to win today. <laughs> like they and that's to when he took him out in seven. It's like, nope, you take him out now. Take him out you guys now. Are win. Like, but we were already up to one. Yeah. Right? So score doesn't matter. But he was like, grab him now. And I feel like that's why he was so weird during that um during the you know the the, the, the celebration yes. after. Because I feel like in his mind, he's like, I hope I don't get any questions about this because I'm gonna have to lie. Dead to people's faces when there's there's no way around it because it it's it's nonsensical to say I'm like wait a minute so you guys you guys knew that he had it told him to leave after he'd already played the game with everybody but kept the game going yeah when we just saw in March when in the NBA Rudy Gobert got COVID they stopped the game they said everyone go home yeah like <laughs> they stopped everything yo. He got COVID. Everyone leave right now. Game's over. Fans go. Everyone was panicking. No one wanted to be around nobody. Fast forward to 
October, Justin Turner has COVID. This has been confirmed. They didn't even announce it till after. That's all MLB at that point. Of course. Because you know, oh, like everyone, like me, when, when JT didn't come back, I was like, oh, is he hurt? Yeah, you know? see, that's what I thought too. Yeah, I was like, I was like, did he pull a hamstring? Because he already he had a hamstring injury. I'm like, damn, did he retweak his hamstring? No updates. Nothing. They waited until after the game, during the celebration. Uh, breaking news, it seems that Justin Turner tested positive for COVID-19. We'll have an update on this after the game. I'm like, fam. And and, and uh, I, that's why I tweeted, because it made no sense. Because watching the Dodger feed, I saw him come out there. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because there's kids and, like, all these people are out here. Like, why are you letting them back out and everything? Like, like, like I get it. It sucks for him. But I'm like... Yo, do do we not understand that this is like a pandemic and this is gonna look horrible if you if he goes out there? If he went out there, I was like, well, if we're all riding that way, then we all riding that way. Then we're so, gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And but it goes back to what we said about baseball and being ran by a bunch of old people. I honestly feel like a lot of older people just they they don't respect COVID. Like and that's just my own personal opinion. I feel like they think they really do think it's just a, it's just a cold and whatever. Who cares? Because there's no I f- in the NBA that wouldn't have happened. If 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 Jimmy Butler would have tested positive for COVID before Game Six, there would be no finals. We're done. But in baseball, it's like, all right, man, there's a lot of money on the line, man. Let's just uh. Just keep it yeah, going. we have only two games left. How many people can we kill? <laughs> we can finish this. Come on, guys. Like, But I will say that it is very, you know, it is very weird that they retested it because they didn't allow, after they won, they didn't allow anyone to leave the bubble until they all got retested. Everyone got retested. Only one Rays player tested positive and his wife. And then it was Justin Turner and his wife that tested positive. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin the possible JT interview, man. (laughs) Ask him once we have him on. But uh, so only two, only like two players tested positive. However, no one else tested positive, which makes me go, "How the hell did you test positive? Like, what did you do?" Yeah. Because clearly, he something happened on the off day. I don't know what happened, but that's when when you got it. Because it wasn't like. You know, oh, there was a, a a team staffer that went out, and then the whole team has it. Only you have it, and now only one player on that team has it, and they they didn't even announce who on the Rays had it, and they still have it. So to me, I'm just like, whatever happened, it's gonna get investigated, and then we'll figure out from there. But yeah, it, bad all around, bad for Justin Turner, bad for MLB. The last game of the year, they tanked it. it they, just, they they they. They messed it up. So, speaking about old people, mm-hmm. the White Sox signed a new manager. Uh, yeah, I don't... And that's what I've been hearing is a lot of, well, he's old. He's old. Well, obviously, he's 76 years old. Yeah. He's been in baseball since, wasn't he a player in, like, the 60s? Mm-hmm. And he's been out-managed. He hasn't managed in almost 10 years. Right. So, of course... You figure a lot of the average player of these baseball players, some of these baseball players never seen a manage Mm -hmm. or can remember a manage. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the Tony La Russa signing as manager of the White Sox? He's going to get fired in two years. That's my prediction. If you know anything about Tony La Russa, 
first of all, he's had clashes with some of the biggest players, and because he's a he's a personality, first of all, and especially we're I feel like we're out of the era of the of the big personality managers. Like you had him, obviously. Then me, I had Larusa, Lou Pinella, um, Don Baylor, which was weird for like a period of time. Uh, like there was a couple that they were like big personalities. They superseded the team at yes. certain points. Uh, Tony, Tony LaRusso was, was, was of one course, of them, yeah. right? However, I'm like, you're in a game that you haven't been a part of, but you have at least on the back end because I know that he was a he was a special assistant for Arizona because he was like a part of their uh, group getting that team back together um, these last couple of seasons. But you haven't been a part of this game. And I, I told you that White Sox team, I thought they were the best team in the AL, in my opinion, right? However, they're still young. And I'm like, all the talent on that team, I just don't see how he's going to relate to those players, especially when they have some of the best young talent. Like, I'm just waiting until he tells <laughs> he tells Tim Anderson to bunt. I'm going to be like, you do realize that he, he won the batting yeah. crown last year and then he was he was second this year i don't think you want him to bunt like uh, like you know i'm just waiting for something where i'm just like this doesn't work this doesn't because they even tried it and this is analytical but the, you know the everyone knows about with, with mookie they had mookie bats batting second like this year at to start the season and we were doing terrible and he didn't say anything he did his part and then they they, they put him in leadoff and then the team takes off. And I remember after that, in the media, he was like, you know, I, I signed here because I'm a leadoff guy. I'm a leadoff hitter. Hopefully now they know. To me, that meant don't ever do that again, right? That that group of guys on that White Sox team, they're all young. And I just, I, I feel like, I feel bad for them. I don't think that's going to be a good marriage. So you don't think it's going to work out? At all. So that was one of the concerns that I was hearing about was what happens when Tim Anderson does a bat flip. So I think, obviously, with LaRusso, I think he's, he's managed big personalities before. He had right. the Bash Brothers. Right. He had the Oakland back then. Right. He, you figure Mark McGuire went in St. Louis. He's right. been in these high-stake games, Albert Pujols, yeah. and all that. And like you said, he has made them all bunt. He will make Tim Anderson bunt. Yeah. Do I feel like it's a bad move? Yes and no. I feel like if they would have brought him in as like a, a bench coach, his knowledge could help. Yeah. But I feel that he's too far out of the game. He, I'm not saying he's not a great manager. No. No. I feel like the 10 years, the game's changed. Yeah, it's a lot. The players changed. Right. When he was in his prime, we'll say 25, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. players aren't what they are. A no. player 25, 30 years ago would be mediocre to some of these physical specimen other right. players these right. days. So I I don't feel like, just like you, it's going to be a good marriage. I feel like the, the gap of getting, yes, he's been around teams and he's been around some of these younger players by right. still being in baseball and being that, you know, he goes anywhere that people want to come to him, talk to him. Right. But the personalities, the playing style, the... Their, their, just their physical attributes. I don't feel like will man would marry well with his style of what he was was so successful doing. Yeah. And 
as well as being able to corral all the the youth. The youth. I feel like when he was a manager of the Oakland, the world was different. Yeah. Now the world's totally different. Before it was like, oh, just shut up and just do your job. Now it's like, okay, no, tell us what you want us, how you feel about this. Right. I, I don't see that working well. I, I mm. see a lot of explosions in the dugouts. And the reason I bring up the personalities is because Tony La Russa was notorious for not liking big personalities. He doesn't. Like, you know, like people bring up McGuire and stuff, but he liked McGuire's personality. Because McGuire wasn't flashy. No. Like, the things he did were flashy, but he wasn't flashy, yeah. right? Anything that Larusa asked him, he did it, you know, and now and that was it. It's different now. You have certain dudes that are like, "Yo, I don't do that." Yeah. And my fear is that, like I said, that team has a, has a lot of young talent. My fear is that someone's gonna, someone's gonna say something. He's gonna be like, oh, "Okay, I'll take it into into consideration." He's gonna walk to Kenny Williams. Hey, trade him. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, you don't want to trade him, man, because he's really good." Yeah. No, 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 trade him. We don't need him. Like, and I'm like. Damn, this is, you know, just think about what he had issues with freaking Royce Clayton back in like for for the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals were everyone knew it was like they're a great team, boring as hell, but they're a great team, you know, and I I just feel like it's not going to be it's not going to be the right marriage. It's not going to work to me. It's the same, even though it worked. Um, who was the manager for the Marlins in two thousand and three when they when they won the World Series wasn't, again? It wasn't Ozzy, was it? No, it was Jack. Uh, oh, oh, Jim Leland. No, that was Detroit. That was Detroit. I thought he two thousand three. No. Yeah, look it up. But he was. Uh, his name is Jack something. I just can't think of his like his last name right now. But Jim Leland was Detroit, and oh, uh, Jack uh, Torberg. Or Jack McCann. Jack McCann. There you go. Um, he was the manager for the Marlins in 03. And I think he was 70 yeah. when, when, he, when he was managing the Marlins. And it was hilarious because great manager. But it was really just like an old dude with all these young kids. And he was just like, look, just go out there and do y'all. Like, and that's yeah. why it worked. Like, he didn't, he didn't try to manage yeah. them or whatever. Anytime, I'm just going to read the papers. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it, like, anytime they needed managing, he would do it. And he would do his job. But it was like, he was like, you guys are good. You guys are young. You guys are wild. I like that. Go out and do that. I'm not going to try to stop you, right? And I feel like that's why that, that team won. But then you go, like, Jim Leland... His tenure in, in Detroit had had its highs, but then also had his super lows when they started to lose because he was a big personality, and you know they they never won, right? And Verlander leaves, like all these things happen after his tenure, you know. And the same thing with Larusa. Larusa, I think his last managerial stint with the Cardinals, they won in two thousand six, I think. Yeah, it was 06 where they won, but that was it. Yeah. He was done, and he went out on top, and it was great, but going back now, I don't know. I just, I think that's, that team's too good, and I felt like they, my personal pick for them, which people are going to be like, what? I would have said Eduardo Perez, who I still feel like deserves a job. Yep. Number two would have been Alex, uh, Alex Cora. Alex Cora to me, Regardless of what he did or whatever, he's gonna get rehired eventually, right? Well, we saw who got hired today, right? Um, he's, gonna, <laughs> he's gonna get rehired eventually, especially if AJ Hinch just got hired. He's gonna get rehired. 
to me, that team, all those Latin players, he's he's a he's a player from he's a player from the last generation. Yeah. He knows this generation's play style. Yeah. To me, that was the perfect marriage. Alex Cora, give it to him. You know, I wouldn't even been mad at Ozzy. I wouldn't even be mad. I'd yeah. be like, all right, Ozzy's still young. Yeah. Like, it, it'll, it'll be interesting at least. Like, but Larusa, nah, don't see it. Don't see it. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, the World Series MVP. Since next year he'll be a free agent. And now uh, all their rumblings are coming up with Corey Seager. And everyone's trying to say, you know, Dodgers need to extend him. And I believe when we talked, when the Dodgers were in the NLCS, I said that they should definitely extend Corey, Corey Seager and they should wait on Cody Bellinger. If he doesn't do well, I, I, I would just let him walk his free agent year, right? So now we come to this point, Corey Seager is Corey Seager now. He's he's now uh, he's lived up to his potential. He's finally become the player that he's supposed to be. What do you think he's going to be worth on the open market? Well, we have to see what happens next year. Right. Obviously, this year, and this is when I say we have to see what happens next year because I have a feeling with this pandemic, it's hurting a lot of players' contracts coming mm-hmm. up. So, in a perfect world, what should he get? Maybe. That's my phone. Maybe 26 to 30 a year. Somewhere in there. I... Is he, is he good? He's great. Mm-hmm. Would I? I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell the farm. Joe Buck just couldn't <laughs> stop just making out with Corey Seager like I every know. play. Corey Seager, so I love good. you. So talented. He's so smooth on on short. He, oh my god, I love him. I'm like all right, man. He I get cries it. almond milk. <laughs> like, I get it, bro. He's amazing. But but I. I'm waiting to see what is going to happen with how much money the teams will actually be spending. Will he be re-signed by the Dodgers? They'd be stupid not to. They would be stupid not to. and They'd be stupid not to offer a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go Mookie Betts a lot, but I would go, hey, we're going to make you the second highest player on on our team until Walker Buehler is ready for his contract. That's that's the big bag. So, but I still stand by my stance. Money for for Seager, Bellinger, see what he's doing. I feel like his swing, it, everything just doesn't work. I feel like, hey, come uh, uh, trade deadline, you gotta you have to make that tough decision. Well, I mean, Cody stars, he he stars. Well, yeah, but at that, but you're gonna do it at that trade right, deadline, right? But uh, does anything change if I tell you that Corey Seager's agent is Scott Boris? No, because Scott Boris is going to realize the money isn't there, and I felt I feel like the past couple of years Scott Boris really hasn't got a chance to be Scott Boris. He, well, no, this year. Well, this past year, yeah, but is. because he had the market, he had right. everybody. Right. I don't think he's going to have everybody this coming up or the, in what next twenty twenty two. Well, Seager's twenty twenty one, so Seager's this next, next offseason, season mm-hmm. twenty twenty two season. So. I feel I don't know. I'd have to see what where we stand with the pandemic, with the money situation, because you figure every team took a big dump this year. And I have a feeling it's gonna hurt a lot of there's gonna be I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of one year contracts. There's a the the Rockies already put out 
something in the paper or like a newsletter telling their fans that uh, this upcoming season, uh, because of the pandemic, this upcoming season will be like any you've ever seen before. <laughs> and I was like, they not about to spend a dime. They don't got it, bro. Like, what y'all about to see? You're going to, you come on down to the field, we're trying out. <laughs> like, who wants to play for the Rockies, huh? But uh, Corey Seager. Who wants Mark Wahlberg to play you in a movie? Corey, Corey Seager, uh, if he gets extended, it's at least 10 years. Oh, that yeah, definitely. 10 Corey years. Seager is 26. I would say 10 years, 310, 320. See, I said, I said I was thinking 10 years, 280 to 300. Just because the money, I feel, is going to be a lot lower. But that's why, for like I said, for Boris, I don't think he's going to, because of his stature as an agent, he's going to want to get to Mookie Betts level money. He's going to want to get there. Of course. Like, so, however they go about it, that's why I feel like it's going to be dangerous this year because here's the thing with free agency. We can get into it right now. With free agency coming up, the three best teams that are in position now, Dodgers, Yankees, the Mets. After the Mets, you know, their sales being finalized by their super, very wealthy, super billionaire very owner wealthy now. Owner. Like, they're in a great position to spend a lot of money, right? The Dodgers are in a position to continue to spend, and then the Yankees are the Yankees. Every other team, yes, I understand the Braves, the Angels. They can spend a little bit of money, but they can't spend as much as those top three. And then all these other small market teams, forget about it. It's not happening. If you think that they're going get to get a big player, you are sorely mistaken because it's not. that's why these teams are already sending out like, hey, man, I'm sorry, but this next season is going to yeah. be pretty bad. Well, um, you saw the people getting their options declined. Right. Like Charlie Morton. Fifteen million dollars. It's Charlie Morton. It's Charlie Morton. You yeah. got the. He had. He was the best pitcher this year yeah. with per war, if, right. and that's how people still do. Right. He was the best pitcher, and fifteen million dollars is, is like nothing for the best pitcher. Right. That's like oh a mediocre pitcher, and it was declined. So you see. Let's see again. That's Tampa Bay. So well, Tampa Bay, small, small market team can't. There. That's why I feel like. These super teams, they're about to really, they're about to lay the foundation to make amazing teams because no one's going to be able to to pay for these players. The same reason why I brought up the whole Seager situation is we can now say that Cleveland screwed up. They screwed up because, yeah, they made it to the postseason, but the only, only reason they made it was because of the new postseason format. And then they lost. Then at that point... Everything, every indication was last offseason that they should have traded Francisco Lindor. They didn't. Now this year, are you going to trade him when A, his last year under contract, B, we just hit a pandemic, so anyone was going to trade for him. I didn't, he's going to get traded. Well, here's, here's my thing. Are, are you going to give up a lot, though? Depending on what team's going after. Especially if you know we can't even extend you. Now, again, for the Dodgers, it makes perfect sense. Because we can trade from him and extend him. And then we can have Corey play third or second and have a super infield. But then, again, that goes into I'm trying to not think about my team. So so you're going to say the Dodgers are going to have essentially because Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. 300 mm-hmm. plus, 
Seeger's 300 plus, mm-hmm. Lindor's going to be 300 plus, and then when it comes to Walker Bueller, you're, so you're going to say they're going to have a, over a billion dollars in four players? The Dodgers have. They have money, but they only, who else has money? You just said a super team in New York. Right. The Mets. Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, and but, I have a feeling they're going to get Lindor. But here's the thing. The Dodgers are, everyone knows, they just, they just won a title. The Dodgers have one player under contract in 2022, which is Mookie Betts. They're going to, because, you know, Andrew Friedman is still Andrew Friedman, he's going to spend money where he needs to. He's not going he's not, he's not to, you know, turn to the Yankees and be like, oh, I'm going to give you money and you, he's not going to do that. However, the Dodgers wanted Lindor. To me, it makes the most sense. Of course, with the Mets, yeah, it makes sense. They, they can go out and trade for Lindor and extend him. But at that point, it goes into, all right, if you're a player, the Mets have great pitching. But also, like, the team as a whole is pretty bad, right? If you're a player, do you, do you want to risk taking the, the chance to sign there and then you might not be in the playoffs, you might not win for a couple years? If you're Lindor, he's been in the playoffs, I think, every year he's been up. Well, you got to remember, besides he doesn't get to choose where he gets traded to. No, he doesn't. And he can choose where he signs. Of course. And I, don't, and I feel like the Dodgers would have to give up a lot. They no because see that's what that's what you think but they're the champions mm-hmm. so you think they're going to be able to go oh hold on we got over on all these other teams mm-hmm. they, ain't, they ain't that clever it's not the, so if they couldn't pull it off then they ain't, definitely ain't going to pull it off now the only reason they didn't pull it off then because they are going to have to if the Dodgers are going to trade mm-hmm. for Lindor mm-hmm. May has to go nope or Lux has to go nope and see Lux I understand and, Lux I but, understand but one not of those May. will be going not May one of them will be going. Lux, I understand, not May. And the reason I say that is because, once again, Cleveland put themselves into a bind. They're in a corner now where they won't be able to extend Francisco Lindor. They know this. It's the same exact thing as the Red Sox. I'm going to look at you and be like, listen, listen, we can give you, you can choose one top-level prospect. Choose them. Besides the people that we just named. After that, who else is going to give you the talent that's going to be uh, willing to make this trade happen out there. You can't say San Diego. The San Diego, most of the talent that they have, they're, they're going to need. And they don't need a shortstop because they have they have uh, Tatis, right? The Yankees, their top prospect is a shortstop, right? But after that, it gets kind of thin. The Braves, that's interesting because they, they have pieces, right? Then you go down the line. The Mets have the money. They don't, they don't have the pieces to trade for. They have pieces. They don't have the pieces to trade for. They don't. Like... They have the money right now. The Angels, same thing. They have the pieces, not the money. Like, because the Angels need pitching. They don't need offense. Offense is okay. They need pitching. All their money is going to, going to Bauer or, who, or I guess, Charlie Morton. No. No, <laughs> but they ain't gonna, if they sent Charlie Morton. <laughs> no, no. Even though, like, I just praise him. Right. No. <laughs> like, no. He's 39 years old. No. <laughs> but um, to me, it's not always about the money or whatever it's about who has the assets to make it work that's why the dodgers were able to make the mookie betts trade work the the original one at the time not the one that got ve- i mean the one that got vetoed was because the red sox knew damn they have the best prospects they're the only ones that are giving us what we essentially want we have to make the deal that deal got nixed because 
the Red Sox family was like, what the hell? You traded Mookie Betts for... For a water cooler yeah. <laughs> like, and a bag of popcorn. Oh, what the hell? And then yeah. they were like, hey, no, we need more. They were right, but the original deal that they had was fine because the Red Sox knew we can't extend it. He doesn't want to sign here. We're, we're, our hands are tied. But like you said, Cleveland is backed up in a corner, but mm-hmm. they hold the card yeah, that everybody wants. So all they have to do is be like, this is what the Dodgers offered. Can you top it? I'm How many teams would be like... All right, with this guy, we can win this year. Let's do it. We can get rid of this person and this person. But I have a feeling he'll go to the Mets. They'll resign. And I have a feeling they're going to get another big-name free agent this year. I don't know. Because if I'm the Mets, this year is a mulligan, and then I'll start next year. Because 2021, it's a lot. Like, they not only is Seager a uh, free agent, but you have, you have Correa. I believe Trevor Story's coming. No, Trevor Story got extended. No, he's next year's free agent. Okay, so Trevor Story's coming out. There's a lot of people that are coming out in 2021. If I'm the Mets, I wait. Because I'm like, including Lindor, right? It, to me, the only player that's worth putting all that money behind this year is Bauer. Everyone else, it's like, if you if you choose to, yeah, they're good pieces, but they, they won't take you over the top. So that's why I feel like the Mets probably are going to be all in on Bauer. See, I... See, I so I think the, the Mets are going to get Lindor or get Bauer or Relamuto. I have a feeling they're going to get one of those. I mean, yeah, he's a free agent, but and um, their pit, they need a catcher, right? Uh, I feel like the Phillies are going to resign him. No, I. You saw what the GM stated or the president said today. Like if anyone wants to replace me, go ahead. I ain't resigning. They lost their GM earlier. There's something going on. So no, no, Philadelphia. Bryce Harper is screwed up he's again. Screwed. He's screwed. He's screwed up again. He's like, well, I ain't ever won in a World Series. I feel so bad. I, I so, don't uh, feel bad. For I don't, him, but I do. But I do. You have to. Yeah, like you don't want to see a great player on a crappy team. Yeah, but he he's on that team. He's on that team, and it's only going to get worse from here. The Mets, I, I, we're going to really keep a good eye oh. on them this offseason because I, I want to see what they do. I want to see if 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 this owner comes in with all the hype and he does what he's supposed to do, they're going to be a very scary team because any team that has to face DeGrom and Syndergaard and... If you had Bauer in that, that three, I'd be like, all right. Screw it, man. We'll, like, we'll see Dodgers. Throw your hands up. We'll see Dodgers-Mets. And the NLCS, I'm like, there's nothing you can do about that, but... I feel like there's just a couple more people, a couple more pieces that are interesting that, to me, uh, that make this offseason very interesting. But the last question I'll throw out there and then we'll take it home. Do you feel like Dodgers can repeat next year? If everyone stays healthy and if they can resign their key players. Now, I'm not saying they, they, don't, need a, they don't need to get John Peterson back. He's mm-hmm. a great asset. They don't need him. No. Kiki, do they need him? No. <laughs> Call him Kiki. But... Can, but if yeah. they can if they can replace them with people that are I'm not even talent even maybe just a little smidge below mm-hmm. that have that learning that they can learn on the fly right. then yes they can repeat it I I still have them as next year's champion as as the best team in baseball Payne's gonna say it <laughs> but I do feel that this offseason will play a part in it and. There may be teams that jump up, but I still have a feeling that the Dodgers are still going to be the elite team. I think, of course, I think that we we can repeat. However, I'm doing that with the caveat of if Bauer pulls a Bauer 
and decides to sign with us. The right? Angels? Yeah, he's signing with the Angels. Uh, I'm, t- I'm just saying. Like, I- I'm going off of his comments, right? H- him saying what he said and him being like, once my, like, I guarantee you I'll pitch for the Dodgers, uh, like, sometime in my career. This being his one shot to do it, they just won a title. I just feel like everything's lining up. You know, it, it, it's still on the Dodgers if they want him, right? But if they were to get pull off a of Bauer or if they were going to, because Freeman's Freeman, and right now he's looking at everyone just being like, he's, he's being, you know, the Rain Man situation with the numbers and being like, okay, let's see what I can really do here in this situation. Because seeing what the Rays did this year and making it to the World Series, it's no longer about having all these great players. If you have the right players that can fit a system and they can do their job, your team can go very far because besides uh, a Rosarina who just, my God, uh, like right-handed Barry Bonds I was watching. I was just like, you can't, there's nothing yeah. to do with this kid. Um, besides him, that team is very limited offensively, right? However, pitching-wise, at least bullpen-wise, they were stacked. And that's, that's what uh, drove them through the postseason because as soon as they got to the fifth, you're screwed. You know, because you couldn't beat their their bullpen. The Dodgers having to beat it, but hey, um, I don't think you need all these super talented players. I just think you need players in a good system. The Dodgers have such a young core that I feel like they just need to continuously make a couple of switches. I think if you make Gratterall the closer, let Kenley walk after this next. Why don't you put him back as a catcher? No, <laughs> <laughs> like he can't hit with a damn. But. Uh, Kinley either plays setup or they trade him. Because if they trade Kinley, that's even more assets. Because cool. even Kinley Jansen was still one of the best closers this year before the postseason. Yeah. So trading him, that's even more assets. I know how Friedman mind thinks. He like he likes to get rid of players before they hit the wall yeah. completely. Like you make Gratterall the closer, a couple other pieces. Uh, now Urias has proven that he's next year. He's going to be a monster because. Just dude showed out all po- all postseason. So now you have Bueller, Kershaw, Urias, May, Gonsolin, or you can st- we still have the players in the minors, Josiah Gray. We have so many pitchers in the minors that are ready as well. You look at that team, you're like, I don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on Bauer. Well, that's why I don't see them trading because their their farm team is stacked, and that's why when you say Lindor, why you. You're going to be spending money for someone you have in there, maybe Lindor. Because then the reason, only reason I say Lindor is because they were they were going hard for you Lindor. Just, you you're hard for Lindor. No, no, no. They were going hard. Hey, they were, <laughs> going, they were going hard for Lindor, and I think if I'm like if I understand what Freeman wants to do, because he knows that JT isn't going to play third. Me personally, I would I think Eddie Rios deserves a shot to prove that he can be a everyday third base because in the playoffs he he was amazing yeah. right however if you're Friedman you, you look at the team right now you're like I could have Seager play third he has a bigger body he's way big he's way too big for short he's gonna get bigger later on in his career we could sign him have him play third Lindor can play short and then you have Mookie one Lindor two Seager three for a damn near probably eight years if I'm him, if I feel like that's what he's aiming to do right now, I just think it makes sense. But hey, we don't know. We could be. I could be wrong. But we'll. It'll be a fun off season because we'll see what the hell is gonna happen. I think it's gonna be definitely fun. 
I think a lot of small market teams are about to really just. Well, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of trades. Oh, Arenado's gone. Oh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And I think that's another thing. Because the, you know, the Rockies said we're not going to trade with the Dodgers. But now you're now in the corner because who can afford that contract besides certain teams there's, again? There's, you figure you have both New York teams, mm-hmm. you, have, yeah. you have Angels, you have San Francisco. Eh. They always, they always can. Yeah, but eh. The- you have who knows what the ownership's going to do up in uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Now that they, they went all in on a manager. Right. So they may be trying to make do some stuff up there. I don't know. I I I think uh I think Arenado is gonna be on the East Coast. That is the only person I feel like the Dodgers would, would empty the farm for See, is Arenado. They should. Uh, like hands down, I feel like they would empty the farm, or at least not emptied, obviously, but of course get but their top get, three, whatever. They give a couple good ones. Yeah, they're gonna empty that for that situation, but you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, Dodgers are champs. We made it through a season, which we didn't think we, we were going to make it think, through. Well, I, was thinking, I, was dri- where I was driving here. I was like, we made the season. We made it we through. We made it. We'll see if we, we actually get to ho- watch a whole 162 next year. If we, or if it's another. Well, hopefully we can go to some. Uh, yeah, I feel like we will, but we'll see. Who knows? Everything is going to – all hell is going to break loose next week. Oh, I know. But uh, hit them with your socials. All right. You can follow me on Instagram at Jason Salinas. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Salinas Jason, S-A-L-I-N-A-Z, and Jason Common Spelling. Now get them with your 72. <laughs> you can follow uh, the team at H-D-I-K-Y Network on Instagram and Twitter. Follow who's on first on Twitter at uh, on first who. Follow us on Instagram at Who's On First. You can subscribe to the YouTube Who's On First. Uh, subscribe, or excuse me, sus- uh, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. Type in Who's On First or HDIKY Presents Who's On First will come up. Um, there's one more. Google Podcasts, we're on there. Stitcher, all DSPs. Uh, other than that, it's been a great season. It's been great. We are champs. I can finally say it and not just think about it for uh, the next 26 years. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I'll give you your credit. Congratulations. And, uh, hey, you guys got to step it up. 19 years is a long time. Bro. <laughs> really long time. Listen up. Listen up. It's just it sucks. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.